Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I can't find the announcement I'm supposed to read, but uh, I'll try to go off of memory here. Um, uh, we kind of teased this announcement uh, last week a little bit that we are restarting uh, the TCC Youth Ministry on Wednesday nights. Um, so we're happy to bring you uh, a few more uh, details about that. So first, it'll be starting on uh, September 25th, so that'll be a Wednesday, of course. Um, I don't know if we have a time yet. Do we have a time yet? Maybe we don't have a time yet. Um, but um, continue to be thinking about that, praying about that. Um, maybe Kathy has a few more things to say about that, because I think there's more to it than just... Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, so when I heard that there was going to be Wednesday night junior high and senior high, I thought, wow, well, the kids have to be a part, right? They have to be a part of that, even though, you know, yeah, I'm not a late night person. But um, I knew right away, okay, what should I do? So um, I do know that kids will be a part of it. And this morning, um, I just want to read you this verse that I came upon. I always read a little Proverbs every day because it's so full of wisdom, and I want to be wise. So it says this. This is what jumped out at me. Do not... Wait now. Okay, hold on. Do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good, find love and faithfulness. So I thought, a plan, a good plan. We need to make a good plan because, yes, evil is out there, and our children are always around it. So we want a good plan that they know how to combat it. And so we'll have, we'll have fun on Wednesday night if you bring your children because I know they're going to be a part of it somehow. Um, we'll have fun, but we're going to also, I'm going to teach them wor the word, too, because it's so important. So. Okay. You can all stand and greet each other. And... Uh... Good morning again, everybody. <laughs> all right. So have something to share for us um, before we, uh, we don't pass plates around, of course, here at Ten Strike for the tithe, but we do have boxes in the back to, for your giving. And I just have something to share before we um, sort of pray over that. Um, so I'd like to start by reading us the final verses of a story um, I believe you'll find uh, very familiar once I start reading it. Uh, it goes like this. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for this plant, but as morning dawned that next day, God prepared a worm, and it damaged the plant, and it withered. And it happened that when the sun arose, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. And then he wished death for himself. Is it, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, well, is it right for you to be angry about this plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry, even to death, I say. But the Lord said, you have had pity on this plant for which you have not labored, nor have you made it grow, which it came up in the night and it perished in the night. 
Should I not pity this Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hands and their left? Uh, now, there are a surprising amount of lessons, I think, to be gleaned from what is a relatively pretty short book, right, about uh, who is seemingly one of the least important prophets and one who manages to bungle um, pretty much everything in a, on, a, on a fantastic level, uh, if we remember Jonah, right? And today, I'd like to focus uh, on a word that appears three times in the passage that I just read, um, that word being prepare. Uh, this word appears earlier in the book as well, um, saying that God also prepared the fish that would swallow Jonah um, when he's thrown overboard from the ship. Um, the word being used here is the word wayman in Hebrew, which is, in addition to meaning prepare, um, is more often translated as the word appoint. Um, so throughout the story, when we see God preparing all these things, uh, my first impression, of course, was to imagine God sort of setting up an obstacle course for Jonah, which we see he ultimately fails to really complete very well. Um, but translated as the word appoint, uh, I think it adds a new depth to what God um, would show us in the life of Jonah. By appointing things, I think we could also say he is delegating power um, this is a, an important distinction, I think. Uh, a careful read-through of Jonah will reveal that the point of the story um, may not really be about obedience, as we're so often use this story to be, um, but is it, it is about power and what we perceive is under our control. Um, take another look at that story of Jonah sometime. In terms of ministry, we would say he was probably batting a thousand. He deliberately disobeys God, and then he tries to kill himself, and yet ends up bringing a ship full of salty pagans to the Lord in doing so. By himself, fresh out of the fish, in a city of 120,000, a city so large that the Bible tells, it, tells us it would take three days to cross it, um, as he just barely enters that city. He just says that the city will be destroyed. He has no message of hope. He has no instruction to give. He has no pamphlets to give out. Nothing at all. But instead of ignoring him as just another crazy lunatic on the street yelling about doom and gloom, the entire city ends up being shaken to its core, up to the king, and repents, turning to the Lord. Yet despite this display of God's ability to use unlikely vessels, we might say, and the lesson that just by showing up and even giving it your worst lackluster bad try with a bad attitude, God's spirit will move as he desires it. And despite this, the story ends up on that hill, as we just uh, were reading in the verse. So we learn at the end that Jonah fled from the Lord because he knew that Jonah, he knew, he knew, Jonah knew that God would show mercy. He knew that God's power, uh, he knew God's power to the extent that if he only touched that city, it would be healed. Um, so he does everything in his power to remove himself from that equation. That's why he runs. And his reasons are perhaps understandable. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire at the time, and an oppressive force um, that certainly represented to him death and misery, um, and to Jonah for sure, it certainly did, uh, represented something that deserved justice. But instead we get this parable of sorts at the end. Um, we, have this, we have the city and we have the plant laid right next to each other. Uh, God spares the one, of course, the penitent and wicked city, but he visits justice on the other, that plant that only served uh, uh, Jonah's hate and his stubbornness. And, but he says of both, what right have you to be angry over this and what right do you have ang to be angry over this? 
He tells us Jonah, that Jonah loved that plant. <laughs> and I think we can infer that he took a certain amount of pride and ownership in it, since after its death, he had to be reminded that it was of no work of his own that it came into being, and in no right of his had been crossed in its death. And as the winds and the sun beat on Jonah um, right up to his death, um, we have to wonder, what else was Jonah holding on to that wasn't his to call ownership over? What was it that kept him up on that hill, invested in the death of 120,000 people? I want to ask us this morning, I suppose, uh, do we appoint ourselves power over things that aren't really ours? Certainly, like Jonah, we know in our heads that everything belongs to the Lord. Um, we know in our heads that if we were to go out and we were to touch, that the Lord's power would work through us no matter what. But do we know in our, but do we always treat it that way in our hearts? Jo Jonah was saving the thousands in this story, um, but in his heart he was still shouldering that burden of justice, carrying that ownership of his own bitterness and his desire for revenge. Um, so I ask us this morning, let's take a look at the things that we might call ours, our careers, our finances, our debts, and our successes, our failures, our hurts, our happinesses, our families, even this church building, our community, our world, right? The t this time even that we gather together, we might call ours. And I ask that we declare it, submitted to the one from whom all authority and power and life is given. Let us cling to him and release our grip on all this earthly worry, all this toil, and maybe strife. Father, I ask that we wouldn't be like Jonah this week, um, that we wouldn't be pushing against what you are asking us to do, because um, we know that you will work your power out through us no matter what, but we pray that this week that we would be working with your power and not against it. Yes. <laughs> In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, good morning, everyone. Morning. Got just a few announcements here before we get into the word some more. That was really good, Peter. Really good. Um, there will not be a fellowship meal today with our holiday and such. Um, the School of Ministry class will begin Wednesday night. Also, you could talk with Pastor Dean about that uh, if you're interested, along with prayer meeting at 6 o'clock. That's this week. And then uh, in the announcements that we send out, there are things about a um, MCCL meeting for coming up, and then the Truebridge retreat and so forth, but you can get this information on our Facebook page and then on that email that comes out. So we just want you to know that. And also our TCC elders and deacons have been working on updating our TCC bylaws. The updates reflect how we are functioning as a church family under our TrueBridge network covering. And the changes have been done with oversight and input from our TrueBridge covering. At their suggestion, we have also added paragraphs on human sexuality and marriage. Tentative copies are available on the counter in our church foyer if you would like to see one, and you can share your comments over the next few weeks with an elder, Pastor Dean. Um, we have Dean Patro, Kent Dudley, Gus Shogren, and myself. 
So, and then also we want to express our sympathies with uh, and to Carla Mandrell and Scott and the passing of Carla's mom, Dee. And we continue to pray for Rich Salto's dad, Dan. Um, we need to, let's be lifting up this thing with the Hurricane Dorian. Is that how you say it? Uh, I just saw there's 175 mile an hour winds with that now. And uh, but we're praying for laborers in the workplace this day on this Labor Day as well. Um, and so, Lord, we do bring all these, those things before you. We just lift them before you. We thank you that we can come to you with all things in our life. Lord, and, and you hear us, and we call upon you, we call upon your goodness that we've been singing about this morning, in Jesus' name. Uh, also, just a note, Joyce and I are going to be going to my 50th high school anniversary reunion this week, later on this week, 50 years. And, I won't say too much more about that, I don't think. <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that. And then my first cousin is here, Glenn, Pomp, and Abby, right there. You have to say hi to them later on. So good, I haven't seen you for a while. We'll be getting together for lunch a little bit later. Hallelujah. Well, our message today, we're talking about walking in the light of life. And when we see the light and that brings life and then make the decision to walk in the truth of it, everything will be affected in our lives, affected in a good way. We will smile more. We will smile more. You know, we sang a lot about the goodness of God this morning and what, the, what uh, was coming to me from the Lord as we were singing, he says, Tell the folks to embrace my goodness. Tell them to embrace my goodness for themselves, personally, in their lives, in their families, in their jobs, their workplace, their businesses, in the church, in everything. You know, if we decide to reject or to ignore what the Lord shows us or what we know to be light, and decide not to walk in it, because it's a decision. It comes down to a decision. Everything in our life will be affected as well, but not in a good way. We will smile less. We will smile less, but if we decide to do that, well, we don't want to do that. The decision not to not walk in the light will bring death instead of life into our lives. And that includes death in relationships, death in our labor, in our employment. Death is separation from God and His ways, separation from His life. That's what it is. It's separation from. Life is separation to. For us, who have received Jesus, we've been separated to life. Separated from darkness, from death, to life. And that's really what holiness is. It's separated unto. 
And it's good. That's real good. So, we don't want to be separated from God's life. We don't want to live that way like we are, because we aren't. In Christ Jesus, we aren't. And when we embrace the light that comes from Jesus and walk in it, live in it, we will experience life. Now, John 8, 12, this is the Passion Translation, says this in the title there, Jesus, the Light of the World. It says, Then Jesus said, I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. The caps I put in there. Life-giving light. And they will never walk in darkness. You see there the word embrace is used there for embracing him, for embracing Jesus. A lot of translations say follow, if you will follow me. Here it uses the word embrace. And embrace is to accept something or someone to readily or gladly accept an opportunity to eagerly do it. And so we want to embrace Jesus and experience his life-giving light and not continue walking in darkness. Many Christians have the light of life within them. God's very light of life is in them, but they're still walking as though they're walking in darkness in their daily lives. We don't want to do that. We don't want to live that. We want to be doers of the word, doers of the light. God's word is light. It's light to us. It brings light. Darkness, we've looked at that word before in, in the, the Greek. It's the word skotia, and it, it talks about not good things. It talks about everything evil, bad, and describes everything that is against God and his ways of life. And we also have seen that part of that, the meaning of that very word is unhappiness and gloom and doom. You know, we talk about a gloomy day, like weather-wise and such. Well, God wants us to never walk there, to never have to walk there, even though circumstances in the outward may be that way, we have the light of life inside of us that can help us to be, you'd say, overcomers in this life. I haven't seen that movie Overcomer yet, but I suppose it must have something to do with overcoming, right? Anybody seen that? You have? Yes. But, um, but that word there, it says, they will never walk in darkness. Jesus said that we would never, and there's a footnote there in the, the Bible that I'm reading from, and it says the Greek word is a double negative, emphatically saying, never, no, never. And then another footnote for the word walk, walk in darkness, it says the Aramaic is they will never be driven or pushed by darkness. So when we embrace the light of God, that's his word, really. His word is light unto us, and we're led by his word. We will not be pushed around by darkness. 
the darkness of the world. For example, we will not be pushed around and driven by fear. Will not be pushed around and driven by fear. That's what fear does to us, right? It pushes us. It torments us. And darkness, of course, it enhances fear. And when we're living and dominated by fear, we're not living with our minds stayed upon the light, the truth. Now listen to this. When we're not living dominated by fear, we're looking to the light. Just turn that around. We're looking to the light. Our mind is stayed upon the truth, upon our Heavenly Father, our good, good Father. Our thoughts and meditation are on not on the darkness that can come from current circumstances. And we know there are current circumstances oftentimes in our life. There's usually something. But remember, fear that would try to come, fear is a liar. We sing that song, fear you are a liar. We need to remember that truth. If you're experiencing fear this morning concerning something in your life, well, turn to the light. Come to the light, and you'll see the truth. You'll understand that God has it in control. He knows what to do. And as we yield ourselves to him anew and afresh, like Peter was talking about this morning, he can take even our blunders and turn them into good things. When we come to the light, we'll have understanding. We'll be able to see what we need to do next. <clears throat> this morning, before we came over to church, Joyce, she, uh, she cuts my hair and stuff, and there was some hair back in my neck, I guess, that needed to be trimmed or cut or something. And we were standing in the laundry room and area there, and... Uh, she was trying to work on it, but it was, I was standing in kind of the dark end of the laundry room, I guess. She said, come to the light. She said exactly that this morning. I thought, bingo, there it is. Come to the light. So I stood in the light, right under the light, and then she could see those hairs that, need, that were sticking out and needed to be trimmed. Well, God is saying for you in your situations of life, the things that are taking place where f fear tries to come in even. I mean, when you don't understand, you can't see, you can't do it right. Well, come to the light. Come to the truth. Come to Jesus. Come to, he is the Word made flesh. Come to the Word. We're so thankful for the Word. And the Word, the light of God, it exposes lies of the enemy. It reveals God's truth. Yes, God's word is light to us. And when we embrace God's light, when we gladly accept it as our very own, we embrace it, <clears throat> we will then live as though we really believe that it's true. It's living as though it's really true. And living as though the lies of the enemy are not true in our lives. We walk in, we live in what we embrace, what we accept as our own.
Let's stop embracing the lies of Satan. Let's take a stand against them and reject them. Poke your neighbor and tell them, reject the lies of the devil. Go ahead, do it. Tell your neighbor that. Hear it from more than one person here this morning. Reject the lies of the devil. Lies always bring us into bondage. The truth always makes us free. I'm going to say that again. Lies always bring us into bondage. The truth always makes us free. And that's lies that would come from the enemy, and we know that he is the father of lies in our life. He'll try to tell us things about circumstances, and he'll amplify them way out of proportion, lie to us, tell us things that would bring us into fear. But we're not going to live that way. Truth, speaking the truth, the truth makes us free. Lies bring us into bondage. This is true between us and one another, too. The more truthful we are with one another, the more transparent we are in truth. Instead of hiding, the more freedom there is in a relationship. That's not just with God. That's with my husband or wife, with my children, with my whoever people in the workplace, when we can just be open with one another. Lies bring us into bondage. The truth will make us free. But we need to be doers of the truth, doers of the word. Do you think that we realize the great importance of being doers of what we see and know to do in the word? You know, there's a great importance there is in doing what we know from the Word in our everyday lives and walking in the light. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's how we're to walk, as children of light, because we are. The Passion Translation there puts it this way, once your life was full of sin's darkness. And that's what sin, sin brings. It, it, we're missing God's way, his, his way. And we get off into darkness, off the light path, the bright path. But now you have the very light of our Lord, these are my caps again, shining through you because of your union with him. In Christ Jesus, we are connected to God. And we get disconnected from evil and the devil, devil. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And that's what it is. That light is revealed to us. That understanding comes by the Holy Spirit. And we get light inside of us. It's just revealed to us. And we have a mission in this world. We often hear it called a world of darkness, and there is a lot of darkness in it. But we have a mission to live as children flooded 
with his revelation light and we're going to shine there as we walk that way as we keep our minds stayed upon the light the light of his goodness the light of his word the light of his love the results of being doers of the truth John 3.21 but he who does say that word does say it does the truth comes to the light and see, as that life comes, there's light that comes as we do that word, we do the truth, more light will come to us. When we're doers of the truth, we will receive more light to walk on the pathway that God has prepared for us, the mission that he has for us. And on this Labor Day weekend, wherever you are employed or wherever you work, you are, you have, there's a mission there for you to be a light As we walk on his path, the light's going to get brighter and brighter till the noonday sun. God's path is the best path for my life. God's path is the best path for my life. Not the path that I might think is better, but his path. We will receive more light and with it more life with each step that we take in the light. And more revelation, more understanding, more clarity will come with each step that we take in this light. You might say, yeah, but I don't have much light on a particular subject or in a particular area that you're dealing with in your life. Well, just begin to walk in the ray of light that you have now. Whatever it is you know, even if it's just a sliver of light, coming through the keyhole of that door. Start walking toward that. Start walking in that. If you don't even have the whole picture, walk in what you do have, and it will expand as you keep walking in that direction. Walk in the truth that you do know about healing, about deliverance, about the power of the Holy Spirit, about restoration of relationships, about financial security and progress. Walk in the light you do know, and it'll be a building block. More light and understanding will come as you exercise what you know right now. You get it? Right now. This is a new mic, I'm getting used to it. I think I need to twist it in next service a little bit here. Doing a good job though. Doug, there we go. Hallelujah. More light and understanding will come as we exercise what we know right now. You know, it's kind of like understanding and applying subjects in school. You know, school's about to begin, some, for some it has already. But when we have light and understanding at a certain level and we begin doing it, we're building a platform for the next step, for another step that's coming. When we practice doing that new level, the part that we know of it, you know, then we'll eventually gain more light for the next step that's ahead. If we don't give up and quit, 
There's things in your life and my life right now that we don't have full understanding on. Maybe some places that it seems like the darkness is just encroaching so hard. Football season's coming too, encroachment. It comes so hard sometimes. You know what encroachment is? Some of you are looking at me like, what is he talking about? I'm not going to try to explain it right now. You can talk to me afterwards. How it relates to football. Does anybody know? One, two, three. Uh, I know more than one. Okay. How about mathematics? Mathematics. I can remember wanting to give up on mathematics when I was in first grade. Um... We should not give up when we don't have total understanding about something. Counting numbers from 1 to 20. I couldn't get past, I think it was 12, 13, or 14. My mom knows, I think, what number it was. I could get up to there and I couldn't get any further. Adding numbers. How is this going to help me in life as a first grader? How is this going to help me anyway? I don't really need to know this. I don't need to know this. One to ten is enough. <laughs> you know, adding numbers. But then it was adding those numbers and then subtracting the numbers and then multiplying the numbers and then dividing the numbers. And then there comes algebra and geometry. And in college there was statistics. Well, if I hadn't learned to count to 20, I never would have got to statistics in college, you know? Okay, apply that to where you're at in your life with your situation right now. You walk in where you are right now and don't quit. Don't stop. Continue on. That's the word from the Lord today. Embrace the light that you have. Walk in it and don't stop. Don't quit. That's what the enemy would want you to do, just throw in the towel and say, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, I did eventually embrace math, I guess you might say, in grade school. I mean, I learned it, and so that I was able to apply it. I apply it every day now. Apply what I learned just about every day. I add things up sometimes, or subtract them, or divide them, or multiply them, or whatever, or or ask my iPad to do it for me, or that helps too sometimes. But, uh, but I could have progressed much faster if I would have had someone that could have been a tutor. Now, Dad and Mom helped me some. <laughs> but uh, like Tim, for instance, he taught, Tim Waller taught math in school, and his dad taught math in school. So I got a feeling that Tim asked his dad a lot of times, questions when he couldn't get something, how do I do this? And Tim was just telling me this morning that his, his kids would call his dad and ask when they had problems they couldn't get. Um, tutor, personal tutor. That helps. It makes a big difference. Well, here's a very important note for us this morning. We have the Holy Spirit to help us 
see and embrace the truth that is there at that next stage for us, we have him as our personal tutor who dwells right within us, who lives right inside of us. So let's not give up following the light in our current life circumstances, even if it seems like it's just that little ray or that little shaft of light. Let's look to him for help. Let's keep walking in what we know and more light will come. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on walking in God's light. And we will, we will reap the benefits of the life that Jesus brings to us concerning our current life situations. There is no question about it. Did you hear what I said? There's no question about it. When we are standing on the word of God, it's going to come through. Because God's word never fails. And this life and light, it comes from Jesus. Here's a scripture, John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Ignoring the light and refusing to walk in it brings us into darkness, which means that there will be deception, there will be confusion, and then fear can try to come in just try to choke us and push us. Ignoring the light and refusing to walk in it, it brings that darkness. We're not going to walk there. We're going to walk in the light. We're not going to reject the light. We're, when we get off track, get back on track of that ray of light that we know. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Keep your mind fixed upon the Word and your mind will be transformed. Your life will be transformed with the renewing of your mind. It's just so important. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may, be dis may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will, and that's for your life. The best thing is to walk right now in the part of what we know of his full and complete will for our lives. And when we miss it, well, thankfully, God's wonderful grace still works in our lives even when we miss it. We can use even, he can, our mistakes, even our miscalculations and blunders to teach us, to bring us into his blessing and favor. Now, you apply that to your life, where you've missed it, where you've miscalculated, where you've blundered. We all have that happen because we all are human beings. Things happen where we miss it. When we turn to him for help, he can use even our failures to make things better than they ever were before in our lives. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Man, I really think I messed it up with so-and-so or in this situation or what I said the wrong thing. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Or God can turn it. He can use it. He can use it. He can turn them into building blocks of growth 
in his plan for your life. Just like Peter was saying earlier about Jonah, God had things prepared. It looked like Peter was, or not Peter, but Jonah was getting off track and, and all this stuff. God used even those things. He still used Jonah. And he will use us in the mission that he has for us. Don't let the enemy get you into condemnation where you think, well, I'm not good enough or I'm never going to be able to be used by God on this. That's just junk. Don't listen to that stuff. God believes in you. God believes in you. And he's got a future and a hope for you that is so bright. And that's for you and for your kids and your kids' kids. And your workplace, your employer, your employees, all that stuff. He's got the way. When we get off track, when we do blunder, when we make a mistake, the sooner we get back in line with his plan and purpose by embracing his light and walking in it, the better. Philippians 1 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? That's in your life and my life and our life together. Psalm 138 8. The Lord, this is the word, the Bible says, the Lord will perfect that which concerned me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The idea is that God begins to work out his purpose in the life of his children and continues his work until it is absolutely, completely accomplished. Hallelujah. And then Psalm 57, verse 2. I will cry to God most high who performs on my behalf. He's performing on your behalf and those concerning you. Right now, today, I will cry unto most high God who performs on my behalf and rewards me who brings to pass, who brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. He will do it in your life, in my life. He will do it. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Say that. No doubt about it. Say it again. No doubt about it. See, we're standing on the Word of God. Say this after me. There's no doubt about it. Because I'm standing on the Word of God. His purpose for my life will come to pass. I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in the light. I'm going to walk in the light. And life is coming to me. Praise God. That's for every one of us this morning and those that hear it online.
this morning. It's for you and me in all that concerns us. And so we're going to embrace the goodness of God. Did you know that the fullness of God dwells inside of you right now? The fullness of God dwells inside of you right now. Did you know that? And see, now we live like it. We live like it's true. You can draw on that in college. In your classes. It's the life of God. There's great understanding. Daniel was was that way. He became wiser than all these other folks in Babylon. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. I wasn't even thinking of that when I was looking at you. <laughs> ah, there's a word for you today. And all of us. In Jesus' name, if you're going back to school, back to work on Tuesday, maybe, maybe today. Some are working, maybe tomorrow. Lord, we just look to you for your hand, your help upon us in all these things in this day in this fall season now that lies before us we embrace your goodness we embrace you we would follow you we would be your people living in your goodness and your light and your life separated from the evil by you separated unto you connected to you and disconnected from all the junk as we live our lives in you, stayed upon you, in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. God bless you and keep you in all that you do in this day. His peace may it be just strong on you, his light shining upon you, his countenance, in Jesus' name. If you would like prayer, we'll have prayer ministers here to pray with you after the service. God's blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.